Hello, and welcome to Latter-day Saint Discourse. I am your host, Sean Ellsmore. Throughout the history of the world, it is not difficult to find the repeated pattern amongst various groups of people to go through oppression, persecution, and seek retribution. The purpose of this podcast is to share some examples from past scriptural accounts that we can learn from and understand what the gospel of Jesus Christ can teach us all. Let's begin. In the Book of Mormon, there is an experience that can shed some light in regards to oppression and persecution on groups of people. In Mosiah chapter 23, Alma the elder and his followers are seeking refuge from King Noah and his wicked people who have sought to kill them. They travel eight days journey away from where they were before and come to a beautiful land that they settle and call the land of Helam. After some time, an army of Lamanites descend upon the land of Helam. We come to find out that the priests of Noah had combined with the Lamanites at some point and were traveling with them when they come across Alma the Elder and his people in the land of Helam. The Lamanite king decides to have some of his own people stay in the land of Helam and places a man named Amulon, one of the former priests of Noah, to be a ruler over the Lamanites who were now settling in that area. Amulon, remembering who Alma was, begins to oppress and persecute him and his people, placing tasks and taskmasters over them, denying them the ability to pray vocally, threatening them with immediate death if they did so. However, they continued to pray in their hearts for deliverance, and the Lord answers their prayers and eases their burdens so that they were made light. The people begin to be cheerful in their afflictions. Due to their great faith and diligence, the Lord did eventually deliver them out of the hands of Amulon and the Lamanites and allowed them to flee the land of Helam to the land of Zarahemla, where they were welcomed with open arms by King Mosiah. What a great example of patience and faith on the part of Alma and his people. The Lord did not immediately take away their burdens. However, he did make them lighter and in his time did deliver them from bondage. Alma and his people put their trust and faith in the Lord and recognized that he would deliver them. That did not stop the people from still performing their tasks. It was the grace of God and their love for him that elevated their ability to get through this difficult time. Another example, and some years later, is when Alma the Younger, the son to Alma the Elder, is on a mission to preach the gospel. He and his mission companion, Amulek, are in the land of Ammonihah, where Amulek was also from. The message of Alma and Amulek is cutting to the heart of the people. Yet, 
their pride, hate, wicked lawyers and judges cause Alma and Amulek to be imprisoned because of their message. They are sorely persecuted. And on top of this harsh abuse that they received personally, anyone who believed in them, their spouses, children, and their holy records were brought to a place to be burned by fire. Alma and Amulek were then taken to this place to witness the massacre of the people and their records. In Alma chapter 14, starting in verse 9, it says the following, quote, And it came to pass that they took Alma and Amulek and carried them forth to the place of martyrdom, that they might witness the destruction of those who were consumed by fire. And when Amulek saw the pains of the women and children who were consuming in the fire, he also was pained. And he said unto Alma, How can we witness this awful scene? Therefore, let us stretch forth our hands and exercise the power of God which is in us and save them from the flames. But Alma said unto him, The Spirit constraineth me that I must not stretch forth mine hand. For behold, the Lord receiveth them up unto himself in glory. And he doth suffer that they may do this thing, or that the people may do this thing unto them, according to the hardness of their hearts, that the judgments which he shall exercise upon them in his wrath may be just. And the blood of the innocent shall stand as a witness against them, yea, and cry mightily against them at the last day. Now Amulek said unto Alma, Behold, perhaps they will burn us also. And Alma said, Be it according to the will of the Lord. Close quote. After this massacre, Alma and Amulek were taken back to prison and over the next several days were beaten, disrespected, and mistreated. Eventually, the Lord answers the cries and pleading of Alma when he prays, How long shall we suffer these great afflictions, O Lord? O Lord, give us strength according to our faith which is in Christ, even unto deliverance. And they broke the cords which they were bound. And when the people saw this, they began to flee. For the fear of destruction had come upon them. And it came to pass that so great was their fear that they fell to the earth and did not obtain the outer doors of the prison. And the earth shook mightily and the walls of the prison were rent in twain so that they fell to the earth. And the chief judge and the lawyers and priests and teachers who had smote Alma and Amulek were slain by the fall thereof. This example shares the pains that can come when we are waiting on the Lord and actively petitioning for his intervention. Again, we can see that the Lord in his time answers the call. The third example is the story of Saul, who later changes his name to Paul after his conversion to the Lord. Saul was a persecutor of the early saints in the New Testament. He was there at the stoning of the disciple Stephen, 
In Acts chapter 8 and 9, it states, quote, As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house and hailing men and women, committed them to prison. And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, close quote. While on a trip near Damascus, Saul is visited by the Lord Jesus. He is blinded by this experience. He is taken to Damascus by those who were with him, and a disciple named Ananias heals him and baptizes him. Saul, who now goes by Paul, is then taken to the apostles and starts his mission to the Gentiles. Here we have three examples of many that we could choose from concerning the oppression and persecution of these wonderful people and individuals. The common denominator is that deliverance will happen in due time of the Lord. In the Doctrine and Covenants, section 122, verse 7, it reads, quote, And if thou shouldst be cast into the pit, or into the hands of murderers, and the sentence of death passed upon thee, if thou wilt be cast into the deep, if the billowing surge conspire against thee, if fierce winds become thine enemy, if the heavens gather blackness and all the elements combine to hedge up the way, and above all, if the very jaws of hell shall gape open the mouth wide after thee, know thou, my son, that all these things shall give thee experience and shall be for thy good. Close quote. With that being said, the Lord does provide some insight into justification concerning retribution. In Doctrine and Covenants, section 98, we learn some insightful information. I would highly recommend reading the section in its entirety on your own. However, I will paraphrase some of it, starting in verse 5. And that law of the land which is constitutional, supporting that principle of freedom in maintaining rights and privileges belongs to all mankind and is justifiable before me. And as pertaining to law of man, whatsoever is more or less than this cometh of evil. I, the Lord God, make you free. Therefore, ye are free indeed. And the law also maketh you free. Nevertheless, when the wicked rule, the people mourn. Wherefore, honest men and wise men should be sought for diligently, and good men and wise men ye should observe to uphold. Otherwise, whatsoever is less than these cometh of evil." For he will give unto the faithful, line upon line, precept upon precept, and I will try you and prove you herewith. Now I speak unto you concerning your families. If men will smite you 
or your families once and you bear it patiently and revile not against them, neither seek revenge, ye shall be rewarded. But if ye bear it not patiently, it shall be accounted unto you as being meted out as a just measure unto you. Meaning, persecution is a just measure to those who don't bear it patiently. And again, if your enemy shall smite you the second time, and you revile not against your enemy, bear it patiently. And again, if he shall smite you the third time, bear it patiently. And these three testimonies shall stand against your enemy if he repent not and shall not be blotted out. And now, verily I say unto you, if that enemy shall escape my vengeance, that he be not brought into judgment before me, then ye shall see to it that ye warn him in my name, that he come no more upon you, neither upon your family. And then, if thou wilt spare him, thou shalt be rewarded for thy righteousness. Nevertheless, thine enemy is in thine hands. And if thou rewardest him according to his works, thou art justified. If he has sought thy life, and thy life is endangered by him, thine enemy is in thine hands, and thou art justified. Behold, this is the law I gave unto my servant Nephi, and thy fathers, Joseph and Jacob, Isaac and Abraham, and all mine ancient prophets and apostles. And again, this is the law that I gave unto mine ancients, that they should not go out unto battle against any nation, kindred, tongue, or people, save I, the Lord, commanded them. And if any nation, tongue, or people should proclaim war against them, they should first lift up a standard of peace unto that people, nation, or tongue. And if that people did not accept the authoring of peace, neither the second nor the third time, they should bring these testimonies before the Lord. Then I, the Lord, would give unto them a commandment and justify them in going out to battle against that nation, tongue, or people. And I, the Lord, would fight their battles and their children's battles and their children's children's. Behold, this is an ensample unto all people, saith the Lord your God, for justification before me. Our communities, our nation, and worldwide, there is and has been for many years abuse, oppression, and persecution. It comes in many forms, but to name a few, sex trafficking, racism, slavery, privilege mingled with pride, ignorance, and so on. We are blessed to have a prophet in our day who recently said the following in regards to some of these works of the adversary. Quote, we join with many throughout this nation and around the world who are deeply saddened at recent evidences of racism and a blatant disregard for human life. We abhor the reality that some would deny others respect 
and the most basic of freedoms because of the color of his or her skin. We are also saddened when these assaults on human dignity lead to escalating violence and unrest. The creator of us all calls on each of us to abandon these attitudes of prejudice against any group of God's children. Any of us who has prejudice towards another race needs to repent. During the Savior's earthly mission, he constantly ministered to those who were excluded, marginalized, judged, overlooked, abused, and discounted. As his followers, can we do anything less? The answer is no. We believe in freedom, kindness, and fairness for all God's children. Let us be clear. We are brothers and sisters, each of us the child of a loving Father in heaven. His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, invites all to come unto him, black and white, bond and free, male and female. It behooves each of us to do whatever we can in our spheres of influence to preserve the dignity and respect every son and daughter of God deserves. Any nation can only be as great as its people. That requires citizens to cultivate a moral compass that helps them distinguish between right and wrong. Illegal acts such as looting, defacing, or destroying public or private property cannot be tolerated. Never has one wrong been corrected by a second wrong. Evil has never been resolved by more evil. We need to foster our faith in the fatherhood of God and the brotherhood of man. We need to foster a fundamental respect for the human dignity of every human soul, regardless of their color, creed, or cause. And we need to work tirelessly to build bridges of understanding rather than creating walls of segregation. I plead with us to work together for peace, for mutual respect, and for an outpouring of love for all of God's children. Close quote. May we hearken to this wise counsel. Until next time. Mm-hmm.